Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I do his final show. That's right, Bully's final show of 2020. We get into a lot of different topics. Obviously still an overrun of talking about the man John Huber and we talk about his character Luke Harper and Brody Lee with the Busted Open Nation. We talk some Monday Night Raw. Plus, Bully shares a story of his original ECW day back in September of 1995. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. It was weird uh, yesterday after the show, Dave, because, you know, as I had told you and the nation on the air, and I wanted to be very honest, I was nervous about yesterday's show. I didn't know how I was going to be able to handle it and get through it. Um, you, you, Tommy, Mark, anybody that we had on, it was just, it was very, very tough to talk about and by far the most difficult show that we have done together. Uh, after we got off the air, obviously, uh, you go to social media, you want to see what fans thought about the show, what they still want to talk about, what the interaction's like. And the overwhelming positive response that we got yesterday uh, for our tribute show to John Huber was, it, it, it really, it kind of stopped me in my tracks all of the the feedback because people on social media were putting us over to the moon about how great of a job we did yesterday. And I was very thankful to the nation for saying all these nice things, but I'm like, damn, you know, it's like you get put over for having to, you know, mourn somebody's death and pay them respects. Um, and I, and I just, it, it, I was like in a quandary. I didn't know what to think about. It. I'm like, damn, everybody loved the show so much, but we were talking about, you know, a, a good brother gone way too soon. But, you know, after I kind <clears> of, <throat> you know, got rational in my own head, I was like, no, this is a good thing because people appreciate us for what we did. And I'm going to appreciate them right back right now by saying, thank you for picking up your phones and tweeting us. Thank you for listening. And we appreciate you being a part of this whole uh, rough process and rough time with us. Um, so that's, that, that's the biggest thing I could say. If, like, if, if every nation member was in front of me right now, I'd shake your hand, I'd high five you, I'd fist bump you, and give you your own personal thank you for, uh, for joining us yesterday and for picking up your phones and, and telling us how much you appreciated us. Uh, so yeah, thumbs up and bully, uh, you know, we expect a response from the nation cause the nation o always, uh, delivers 
And, you know, I actually tweeted out the night before the show saying, man, I knew this was going to be a tough one. I needed to help in the support of the nation. And they came through for us because you're 100% right. Before we went on the air yesterday, we didn't know what to expect. And we knew it was going to be a tough show to get through. And with the help of the nation, we were able to get through it. Also, Bully, you, you said at the beginning of the show that you wanted to hear from the wrestlers you want you wanted people to to call in and and share memories and share stories so i'm very thankful for those who did call into the show you know sammy callahan to talk about those early matches that he had with him before signing with the wwe uh sheamus and edge uh calling in that really did help um with just you know getting over and you know the grief of, of losing somebody so young and by the end of the show, like, you know, you and Mark talking and and actually laughing and sharing stories of, of Brody Lee and, and sharing stories of the man, John Huber. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed that. Not knowing him, I only got the opportunity to interview him a few times here on this show. I think you I think you like that. I think, you know, it was a good way to end uh, that show is by sharing some some memories and laughing a little bit and putting a smile on people's faces. So uh, I really thought that those three hours yesterday was very therapeutic to a lot of people were, who were definitely hurting over the last few days. And I remember the end of yesterday's show, Dave, and Mark, you know, Mark was a little pissed off about something that he saw on social media. It was one of the boys who was posting videos of himself and uh, Luke Harper at the time. And Mark was upset because he felt the video wasn't in favor of Luke Harper. It showed, you know, it showed the particular person who posted the video getting all of his shit in on Luke Harper, thus not putting Luke over, putting, you know, the other guy over. And I went on YouTube last night because I wanted to post a video of that match that I was talking about yesterday, that eight-man tag that we had in Philadelphia, the Philly street fight between the Dudleys, Rhino, and Dreamer versus uh, the Wyatt family because I thought it would be fun for fans to take a look at it just in case they had not seen it before, and that's the match that we were talking about. So I find a five-minute clip on YouTube with highlights from the match. Uh-huh. Luke Harper is in six of the highlights taking everybody's <laughs> offense. <laughs> He's not doing anything. And now I'm like thinking back to myself. I'm like, that's all the dude wanted to do was take everybody else's stuff. So it was like, I couldn't even find a good piece of the video. I'm like, damn, if I post this, Mark's going to be mad at me too. But uh, just remembering the guy, seeing that match back and then having the memories, you know, flood back of going over that match. I, then I remember, I'm like, that's right. He wanted to take the Death Valley driver from dreamer off the stage through the tables he wanted to take the 3d through the table he wanted to take all this stuff he wanted to take i i think this he wanted to take the superplex on the chair so you know he would that just tells you about the dude in the ring he was very giving you know and wanted to help get everybody else over so uh yeah good dude <laughs> we lost him too soon
Yeah, and uh, Wednesday we found out Tony Khan made the announcement that on Wednesday's Dynamite they're dedicating the entire show uh, to John Uber, you know, Brody Lee. And they rearranged their show because they're actually going to delay what is going to be their big show that they were going to have on Dynamite because they wanted to make Wednesdays a special show just dedicated to him. And I think that's an awesome idea by AEW and Tony Khan. And the WWE did a little bit of a tribute themselves. They showed the graphic at the start of Monday Night Raw. And, you know, Drew McIntyre gave a little tip of the cap to John Huber with, you know, it's Monday, you know what that means. And Xavier Woods had the armband uh, with Brody's name on it, which I thought was was uh, a great little tribute. Uh, I, I was hoping that the WWE would do a little bit more, but, you know, I'm, I'm just glad they acknowledged him at all. And it obviously, like you said, you know, the wrestlers wanted to acknowledge him too. That seemed to be a huge point of contention last night on social media. Lots of fans seemed upset that they didn't do a little bit more for him. You knew you were going to get the in memory of at the beginning of the show or sometime during the show, which is pretty much customary. Yeah. But that's about all that we got. Uh, Other than the boys going out of their way to do the little things. Drew McIntyre obviously opening up the show with... It's Monday night. You know what that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Wrestlers doing some of Brody's signature stuff in the ring. Mm -hmm. Um, They went out of their way to to, to, to keep him in their memory or to, you know, do what they had to do to to put him over uh, during this rough time. I don't know if I want to throw this out to the nation or not. I did send out a tweet this morning saying we want to hear from a lot of first-time callers who watched Raw last night and get their opinion. I want to know how they felt about how WWE handled uh, John Huber's death. Was it enough? Was it just enough? Or would you have liked to seen a little bit more? Do you think it would have been appropriate for the WWE. And I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, man. I, I'm, I, do you think it would have been appropriate to open up the, the show with a 10 bell salute? Do you think that the character of Luke Harper and what he did in the WWE would merit a 10 bell salute based on prior 10 bell salutes? Yes. And, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, you know me, bully. I'm I'm always watching you know old wrestling shows, and I got a ton that I have on DVD that I converted from my old VHS tapes. And just recently, I was watching um, All American Wrestling WWF show from the mid '80s, and it was you know a WWF show, and they did a ten bell salute uh, to David Von Erich. You know, David Von Erich, you know, not a wrestler within the WWF. And this was, you know, right at the time of the national push of the WWF as well, where, you know, this boy, they never acknowledged other wrestling organizations. And they did a nice tribute. They showed his picture and they did a 10 bell salute for David Von Erich, who never really was somebody who wrestled in the WWF. I mean... You're talking about a man, John Huber, and I understand at that time when he passed, he wasn't wrestling for the WWF. But for a long period, what, 
seven-year period he did between NXT, you know, Florida NXT and 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 the main roster. So a bol- a big bulk of his career was in that organization. I feel like they should have done a little, a little bit more. And you know, and listen, you know, I'm not going to come and yell and scream and point my finger at the WWE for not doing more. That was their decision. Bully throughout the years, they have done a lot of amazing tributes. We always uh, credit them for doing so. Most recently, Pat Patterson. You know, they did it throughout all their shows. Uh, I, I, I felt like they could have done a little bit more. For John Huber. Now, I'm not comparing him to Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson was a lifer in, in the world of pro wrestling. He did so much for the WWE. I'm 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 not weighing one against the other. But I I, I for for me, I wish they would have done just a little bit more. Um <clears throat> maybe a video package for him? Yes. I also think the reason why I think the 10 bell salute would have been appropriate, maybe not so much for John Huber, <clears throat> but for the boys. I think the boys would have really appreciated that to be able to go out there because he was so widely um, admired and loved by that locker room. I bet you if you if you left it up to the boys that have been like, yeah, we want to do this for him or something special for him. And then that's what the boys did. They went out of their way to do these little special things for him in the body of the show. Um, I don't I can't remember anybody recently to compare him to. I'm not I don't want to find another 41 year old who happened to pass away and have an untimely death like he did, but who can we compare him to and what type of, you know, send off did they give them? Can you remember anybody? It's, it's, it's difficult because again, and not that, and this honestly, at the end of the day, bully, it shouldn't even matter. The fact that he was wrestling in AEW at the time of his passing, you know, and I know a lot of people were talking about that on social media. Well, you know, he wasn't with the WWE at the time of his. I'm sorry, but that that shouldn't matter at all. Um, it really. Shouldn't. I mean, it, Luke Harper was a bigger, a more well-known name around the world than Brody Lee was. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And 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 listen, like AEW is going to dedicate their entire show on Wednesday to Brody Lee. You know, AE. Uh, you know, the man John Uber was f- with AEW for a cup of coffee compared to his career in the WWE we would agree on that less than a, he was there for less than a year um but you know they're gonna do the right thing and they're 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 gonna dedicate that show and and they're doing it in in some creative way it's not gonna just be a best of where they're gonna show because honestly there was probably not enough body of work to dedicate the whole two hours of like best of for Brody Lee in AEW, they're they're being very creative and getting their family involved. It's going to be something very very special on Wednesday night. Just when, that quick little the quick because again you you ask for a comparison and it's hard. That's why I go back to that David Von Erich ten bell salute back when David Von Erich passed away in in 1984. Like to me, that's what I go back to. David Von Erich not with the WWF at the time with world-class championship wrestling, part of the NWA, which, Bully, was WWF's main competition 
back in back in 1984. And they did the 10 bell salute for David Von Erich, showed a picture of David Von Erich, acknowledged David Von Erich. They didn't need to do that, but they did it. Um, I, I felt they should have done that last night on Raw. To the point, Bully, where a lot of people on Twitter thought that that show last night was pre recorded before he passed. Like, because that, you know, and that would explain just a quick little, you know, quick little graphic to start the show. And, but obviously we know that's not the case because of Drew McIntyre and because of Xavier Woods. They 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 probably should have done more. Again, I'm not pointing the finger of blame. It's not my call to make, obviously. But knowing that most of your roster on that show worked with that man, mm-hmm. traveled with that man, had yes. matches with that man. Yes. They 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 should have done more last night. And that's that that's exactly my reason, because of the roster and because how the roster felt about him. I, I think I would have liked to have seen something a little different last night. And if not the ten bell salute, you know what? Start the show with all the boys on the stage. And you know what? Vince and Hunter and all they don't need to be out there for this. Because this would have been more about the boys doing it for Luke Harper. Could you imagine all the boys standing on stage and Xavier Woods just standing there going, one, two, three, and the entire roster going, it's Monday night. You know what that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then go to your opening video package. Like, could you imagine everybody saying his line together? Look, I just got goosebumps thinking about it. That would have been a feel-good moment. Like... That would have been, I think that's what he would have liked. You know, not the whole in, in memorial, you know, uh, graphic they put up or the 10 bell salute. Something unique to the individual. And I think the boys would have liked that. And I think uh, Luke Harper would appreciate that. So that's just my opinion. Yeah, and, and and listen, like, even though the fact that he was with AEW, he was the character Brody Lee. You know, you're not acknowledging the character Brody Lee. You're acknowledging the man John Uber, like they did. And who said, cares John, if you yeah. do? But uh, but it, they they don't they didn't eat they didn't last night in their graphic. It said John Uber, you know, aka uh, Luke Harper. Like it, it didn't make any acknowledgement to the character Brody Lee that was on AEW. Like you said, not that that should matter. You're talking about a man passing away. You're talking about a man who was cut down at the age of 41. That was a husband and a father. I think all that bullshit kind of gets thrown out the window. Bully, but you know, there was a lot of tweets over the last 48 hours about like, hey, you know what? And we kind of talked about this yesterday. The whole Wednesday night war and all that. Let's throw that shit out the window. This is where as a pro wrestling community, we get together as a community and and stop with this nonsense. If there was ever going to be a time you stop with the nonsense, it's at the time when we lose somebody in our community. Let's band together. Uh, I, I just felt that that would have been uh, the 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 right thing to do because you know you look at AEW didn't they do a bit of a tip of the cap to Pat Patterson you know when he passed away Pat Patterson had nothing to ever do with AEW but you know they felt like hey somebody who has this hitch rich of a history in pro wrestling we have to acknowledge it you know they did they did a graphic Jr mentioned it as well. You know, this is a man that was never a part of AEW. John Uber for seven or eight years was a part of that organization. Uh, I, I don't know. Right or wrong, I've just felt they could have done a little bit more.
And if you take a look at the chess moves here, and I don't want to use John Huber's death and compare it to, you know, how one company is going to outdo the other. But last night, the WWF, WWE put up that, um, you know, put, put up the graphic. AEW is going to de- dedicate almost their entire two-hour show to Brody Lee, correct? They scrapped. They scrapped the show that they had. Pl- they completely scrapped it and are going a different route in, in, in memorial. So, in comparison, from a perception point of view, fans are going to be screaming at the top of their lungs, like, "Look at what AEW did for him. Why couldn't WWE do a little something more?" And now WWE can't come back on SmackDown and try to do something from him because Monday night already happened. If you were going to do it, you would have done it on Monday night. You can't do it after the fact because then it looks like you're chasing the hug. Yeah. So much like you, I am not pointing the finger at anybody. Um, He got the obligatory in memory of, I would have liked to have seen something a little more, but different. Not the 10 bell salute, something different from the boys, because this guy meant so much to the boys. And if you take a look at Xavier Woods, social media, he put up a video uh, about him. And then I think last night uh, on Raw Talk, they were there talking about him. There was so much love and affection for this dude. If I have the pencil in my hand, I'm telling the guys, go out there, get together, let me know what you want to do for him, and then let's go out there and do it. You got two minutes to do it. So let because we're not we would have aired a two minute video anyway. So I'm giving you two minutes. Go out there and do what you want to do for your your fallen brother, and do what you think the fan base would appreciate. Yeah, you leave it up to the boys, and they're going to give you two minutes of in memory that will resonate with fans, and that would be appropriate for Luke and his family. And uh, from and I didn't watch it. I'll have to go back and watch it. But I'm getting a lot of tweets. I guess Kofi and Xavier on you know talking raw on the WWE Network talked about talked about you know John Huber, Brody Lee, Luke Harper talked about that. Th- that's fantastic. You know, why can't you do that on Raw? That's that that that's all I'm saying. And, you know, we mentioned AEW and this isn't like, oh, AEW is great and WWE shame on them. No, we're just we're just talking. You know, Bully and I are just talking about our true feelings on this. AEW is pushing all their plans off a week. So everything that you were supposed to see this week and next week is going to get pushed off a week. The card that we're going to see on Wednesday with AEW Dynamite Bully was actually booked by John Huber's son, Brody Brody Lee Jr., aka Brody Lee. Jr. He he booked the show uh, for Wednesday night, so like it's gonna it's it's gonna be very very unique, very very different. You know, we talked about you know uh, they had uh, uh, after one of the AEW Dynamites a few weeks ago, have them beat uh, Kenny Omega to win the AEW Championship uh, because obviously you know they knew the direction that this was going in, but they're gonna have. You know, his son booked the show on Wednesday. Wow. I mean, that how cool is that, that they're doing that in, in you know, in memoriam to his father? And um, that's the stuff that will tug at wrestling fans' heartstrings and may earn them some new viewers just because they're going out of their way to do that. They're going to do the right thing. This is a 41-year-old man 
who passed away in the wrestling business from a genuine illness, not COVID related and not pills related, like so many of the guys, so you know, so many of the guys fall to. So this is a to me, it's a very unique situation, a very unique passing. So if it's a unique passing, and we're really sad about it, let's give him a unique send-off. And since we know that how he felt about his children and he felt about little Brody and what he wanted to see for little Brody when he grew up in the wrestling business, you know what? Let's let little Brody book the show. If that doesn't tug at you, if that doesn't warm your heart a little bit, if that doesn't make you want to love AEW a little more, I don't know what will. And in defense of the WWE, maybe they just didn't want to start the last show of the year off on a on a uh, a sad or a somber note. I, I'm not defending. I'm just trying to take you inside the mind of and the reasoning behind. Yeah, and 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 listen, you have a three-hour show. You got you got three hour, a lot bully. A lot of what we saw last night was just filler. Like, you could have taken a segment out of that show last night. All filler, night. no killer? Except yeah. at the end of the show where I think he might have killed her. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that for sure. Um, but, you know, we're just, we're just talking off the cuff. Um, knowing I, I don't have a deep relationship with Tony Khan by any stretch of the imagination. He's been very kind to us. He's been, been on this show many times. For God's sake, he was, you know, on our holiday show where it was like – who said this, Santa Claus or Tony Khan? And Tony Khan's the one that's being the judge of the segment for crying out loud. Tells you the guy's got a sense of humor and he you know, he cares about the wrestling fan. You know, you just mentioned about, hey, maybe this puts a, a few more eyes on the AEW show. I can tell you this, knowing Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, Tony Khan, that's the furthest thing from their mind. They're, they're just like, hey, our brother just passed away. We're, we're, we, you know what? We're gonna. De- I don't give a shit that we had something planned. We're th- tossing it out the window, and we're gonna do a show dedicated to this man that we just lost because the people that are on that show love this guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. It, you know, you know, it's like it's like any place of business. You know, you lose somebody in your company. The, that that that's not just an employee. That's that's a friend. That's a comrade. That's you know somebody that you spent probably more time than with your family being with the times behind the scenes in the ring on the road. Um, I I would think that the people on Monday night raw probably knew that man more than the people who are on AEW dynamite. Correct. And in no way, shape or form am I insinuating that Tony Khan is going to use this to gain viewers. What I'm saying within the wrestling community, when they hear about what AEW is going to do, for him or if they hear about it after the fact it might just organically gain them some viewers because they're going to be like wow this company really went out of their way to do the right thing by this guy yeah and 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 big time credit to to drew mcintyre xavier woods you know kofi kingston and everybody that took the time on that show to give a tip of the cap to john uber because they're probably like you know what if the company ain't gonna do it you know what we're gonna do it we're going to acknowledge Xavier's a rebel. He's going to he's going to go out of his way to make sure he says what he want is, wants to say and do what he wants to do. And, and and when you leave it up to the boys, things normally work out. 
When you leave it up to their creative minds, things normally go the right way because those are the guys and gals in the trenches and they know what people want to see better than anybody else sometimes. Actually, I take that back most of the time. And listen, maybe, and, and, and Alexa Bliss did something for, for him as well. Listen, maybe the WWE was like, you know, we're just going to show this graphic, but hey, if you guys want to show some independence, you guys want to go out there and give a little, you know, give a little tribute yourself, go right ahead. You have the freedom. Now, again, I don't buy into a lot of the dirt sheet stuff, Bully, you know this, but just before Monday Night Raw went on the air, there was a story that was all over the internet and social media about that a lot of wrestlers wanted to wear like an armband uh, to, to, to John Uber and, and tribute and that they were told that they weren't able to do that. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. We saw it with Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods wore the armband, but you're just saying Xavier's a freaking rebel and, you know, he's somebody that you can't, you know, that you're not going to, he's, he's not going to take no for an answer. Again, I saw that before Raw went on the air. I don't know how true it was, but we did see the armband with Xavier Woods. I would hope that the WWE gave their their wrestlers the freedom to go out and give a little bit of a tribute. That's all. From what I know of Xavier, and I could be wrong. Listen, I knew him in in, in uh, <laughs> when he was in TNA. I worked with him in the WWE, spent enough time with him, know the kind of personality he has. If he had that armband on and somebody came up to him and said, yeah, you know, uh, you know, uh, Vince doesn't want you to wear it. He can't wear it. He would just give them a look like, what? no, too bad. I'm wearing it. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll deal with the consequences. No pun intended. Consequence creed. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you can find me. As a matter of fact, find me twice because I'll probably wear it next week too. That's kind of good because he's going to do the right thing. And I applaud the boys for going out there and doing their... One of the things that I know I personally did throughout the years, if somebody passed away... Uh, that meant something that meant something to me or I respected or loved in the wrestling business. The armband always went on and I would try to put on I would try to wear something unique for that person. And I still have every single piece of tape that I ever put on my body with their name. I have Eddie's. I have Eddie Fatu's. Um the list goes on and on, unfortunately, about for all the, uh, you know, the people that we lost in the business. But I kept them because I, I one day I want to be re- I want to remember how I remembered my fellow <clears throat> brothers in the ring and what I was able to do to show my small respect for them. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. What do you want to get into first Big E winning the intercontinental championship on smackdown or um alexa bliss setting herself or getting set on fire by we would think from randy orton the way that that cliffhanger ending from monday night raw last night i want to talk about the stuff that we were talking about before we came on the air today <laughs> we're not we're not we're not gonna do that maybe we could do that no. on a very no, special no, no, edition no. of busted no. open uh That'll be for the Patreon show later. Uh, the after show. First of all, we're not we're not we're not gonna do that.
let's talk about uh, Alexa. Okay. We don't need no fire. Let the mother trucker burn. Burn, mother trucker. So, interesting thing, Bully. Like, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, Alexa Bliss, their faces, judging from the noise that we hear in the Thunderdome, the, the, the noise in the Thunderdome is controlled. Randy Orton getting booed out of the building. So, it's it's weird how, and we're, we saw it a little bit last night, it, I, you know, how now The Fiend and Alexa Bliss are baby faces. It looks like AJ Styles from last night was a baby face as well. Um but what did you think about the role? Because we talked about a cliffhanger ending. That was a cliffhanger ending. That is an ending that's going to make you want to tune into Monday Night Raw next week to see what the hell is happening. Is The Fiend back? Is, is What happened to Alexa Bliss? Where are they going with Randy Orton? A lot of questions coming out from the end of that show last night. It's like the old school to be continued when Batman was on. On yeah. Channel 11 WPIX on the Northeast, like Batman and Robin about to get dipped into like hot oil. Not the same hot oil from hot oil wrestling back in the day, a different kind of hot oil. Dif- di- completely different. But, <laughs> but, 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 bully, let me ask you this. You said that to... you wanted to see something different from Monday Night Raw. Um, yes. This, this uh, is something very, format. very different. I'm talking about different format. Listen. Okay, so here's what I thought to myself when watching the, seg- the last segment last night. Normally, I don't like Randy Orton and all this kind of wonky stuff, wonky storyline stuff that doesn't involve, involve Randy Orton basically being the Ric Flair of our generation. Um, well, not of our generation, the new generation. Um, but I think Randy is doing a really good job with all of this how would you even sum it up? It's like like fantasy style sci-fi or or uh, chiller theater. Like, what are they doing right now? What is it classified as? What 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 niche or genre of entertainment is what the fiend and Alexa and Rand? Is it horror? Is it? Yeah, like, yeah I guess like horror, supernatural. I guess would probably be the best way to describe it. Um, you know, again, this is. You know, for a lot of people on social media, it's like, oh, come on. You want, you expect me to buy into this? Hey, this has been happening in pro wrestling for years. Go back to, you know, even some of the stuff with Kevin Sullivan and Purple Haze and things like that. Stuff with The Undertaker as well from about 20 years ago. So this is, this is you know, this isn't out of the realm of the world of pro wrestling. So They lit Jim Ross on fire. Kane lit Jim Ross on fire. Good old JR's fine. Buy some of my barbecue sauce, my hot mustard. It's good stuff. It's very Thank good. Thank you, boys. I'm busted open for always putting me over. Gangrel, Edge, and Christian with, you know, with the, the brood. I mean, I, 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 and I'm saying this in a positive way. Like, come on, this 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 has been dabbled in in the history of pro wrestling. I think it's kind of cool. And you mentioned, Bully, about Randy Orton, where it's like, I, I don't really like Randy Orton and, and say, I thought Randy Orton was very good last night and, and it shows you how versatile Randy Orton is and how damn good Randy Orton is. And like I said, I normally don't like Randy in this stuff, but I really like the job that he's doing. I love the way Randy was just sitting in the corner, standing in the corner last night, just looking down. Just not knowing what to think and letting Alexa get through everything. And Alexa always does a good job. I listen, 
the way the segment was presented last night, everybody did their job really well. I, you know, the, the, the ring of fire around her, the trail, go ahead, light it. You know, he's about to light it. Does he? Doesn't he? What's going to happen? The lights go out. Is the fiend going to show up? All of this stuff is, listen, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and whether or not it's entertaining is in your eye. So, if you thought it was entertaining, great. If you didn't think it was entertaining, what can I tell you? It's one of those things. It's gonna. I think it's a 50-50 uh, segment last night. Some people are going to love it. Some people are going to roll their eyes and go, oh, please. You really want me to believe that he lit her on fire? Well, yeah, they lit JR on fire. Plenty of people have been lit on fire. We lit Dreamer on fire. We lit Abyss on fire. It tastes like burnt rubber wrapped in bacon. <laughs> Um, I, I'm going to go back to something that you've said a million times on this show, Bully. You Fish can get bill. away. You can get, you haven't said that in a while. You can get away with a lot creatively when you have uh, emotional attachment to certain characters. I, I think the WWE universe and us as fans, we have that connection with Randy Orton. We have that connection right now with Alexa Bliss. Like when you care about the wrestlers and you care about the characters, you can buy into things a lot more. And I think that's why this is working. I can't say that a lot about other things I see on Raw, but I can certainly say that about Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton. I think the majority of my emotional attachment is with Alexa Bliss. I find myself very intrigued by everything she does and says, because it's not the fact that she's a great actor. She's a great reactor. And I've always been a fan of her, of her work. Not, and I don't even care about her wrestling. When it comes to wrestling, I could care less about Alexa bliss in the ring. Not that she's bad at what she does. She had was getting better and better and better and got the job done, but it's everything else she does. That is really her forte and her strength. And, Every time she talks, every little movement she makes, every little facial, every little tick, all the nuances, I'm like, ooh, what is she going to do next? Oh, she got me on that one. I really enjoy her stuff. She has the majority of my emotional investment. And I think she she adds to The Fiend's character. It gives him depth. It gives him, it, it gives him more, uh, more emotion. He cares about her. He's the, he's like a, what was it a swamp thing you know or 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 Frankenstein or any monster. I love it. She's the Adrian Barbeau to the swamp thing. There you go. Remember when Adrian Barbeau got eaten by the thing in the crate in Creep Show? Yes. Creep Show, very underrated. Creep Show, very one. good movie. Creep, Creep Show two. two. Dog shit. Dog Creep, shit. Wait, Creep Show two. Yeah, which word are you stuck on? Creep Show two or dog shit? What is what is with you today? Creep Show two is fantastic. Ugh. Wooden head, the hitchhiker guy, that 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 oil slick in the in the in the in the lake. Are you nuts? Creep show one superior to creep show two. I creep show one is better than creep show two, but creep show two is fantastic. There it is. You pissed them off. There it is. <laughs> go you go pissed get them your off. Phone. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see. Hello. Yes, Vince. <laughs> I know Vince. I'll tell him, Vince. Okay. I love you too. Bye. <laughs> Creep Show 2 he's, is very. He's nice. not happy with you. He's not happy with your take on Dokken, Queen Drake, <laughs> Except, or Creep Show. Creep Show 2 is a very good movie, but go Tell on. Tell Agreka he sucks. 
Also, he prefers Adrian Barbeau and Cannonball Run. Adrian, Bar- listen. How about Adrian Barbeau? Circle and- gets the square. Ed Robinson. Ed Robinson. Nothing right? beats Adrian Barbeau and Cannonball Run. But you got it. Va va voom. Uh, special consideration: Adrian Barbeau and Escape from New York. Yeah, pretty good with good old Ox yeah. Baker. Uh, our, our cameo of Ox Baker. Very good movie, Escape from New York. She was a tomato. Go on. What do you want to keep putting Adrian Barbeau over? <laughs> no, you're. you're... <laughs> you know no. who else I liked? You know who else was beautiful? Uh, Joan Joan Severance. Remember jo- uh, Joan Severance? She was in See No Evil, Hear No Evil with uh, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Oh wow! Oh my gosh! I haven't seen beautiful. that movie since it came out. Beautiful. What was the woman from uh, Vision Quest? She was something else too. Vision Quest? You don't remember Vision Quest? The one I that remember was it. I just can't remember. I can't remember the movie. Big what fan. was the I mean, song the, uh, from Vision Quest? Lunatic Fringe. Lunatic Fringe. That's like a psych you up song. Yeah. A lot of NFL players I talked to you would play Lunatic Fringe before games. That'll get you uh, moving. Ross Tucker. Right, yeah. I don't know if that's a good example. Ross Tucker wasn't a very good player, but um, I don't even know who that is. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, 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 case in point. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films. To talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app and Apple Podcasts. All right, let's get back to the Busted Open Nation. Are you ready? Because there's a lot of Nation members that want to talk to you, Bully, before uh, let's you go. say goodbye in 2020. Let's go out to Mike in Illinois. What's going on, Mike? Michael. Hey guys, how you doing today? We're good, buddy. Um, I just want to call in, uh, obviously about uh, Luke Harper. I think what they did last night at Raw was they could do a little better, uh, but I thought the little tributes from from the wrestlers uh, was a great thing that they did themselves. Um, just a quick little story. Um, my my son is a huge wrestling fan. I grew up a giant wrestling fan, so it's something me and my son have been common, we bond over, which is a great thing. We yep. went to Mania 33. We did the whole access thing. It was his first ever live event like that. We stood in line to meet Luke Harper for half an hour. Could not have been a nicer guy we have ever met in our lives. He was full of life. He was happy to meet all of his fans. He had the biggest smile on his face. It made my son's entire weekend. It was just a great thing to see someone who didn't have to take the time out and make somebody's day, but he did. He did it for everybody that we saw in line, ahead of us, behind us. It was a great thing that that man did, and it's a memory that I'll always remember that me and my side had to share together, and it's something that I think speaks for the man himself because we don't, as fans, don't see the wrestlers behind the scenes to see that glimpse of that moment that we ha- we shared was an amazing thing that I'll never forget. Um, so thank you guys for all you do. Uh, the show's awesome. I'll let you guys, you know, comment on that. Well, Mike, thank you for the phone call because I love hearing stories like that and that bond that you have 
uh, with your child is awesome. I had that same bond with my father who used to take me. I, the first WrestleMania I took my daughter to was that same WrestleMania, WrestleMania 33, which was, which was an awesome WrestleMania. Being in Orlando, uh, so much more to do outside of that. But so glad that you had that moment. That's a memory you're always going to have. You know, you know you're always going to think of Luke Harper, Brody Lee, and that man, uh, John Huber. So that, that's, it's always great hearing stories like that, Bully. My favorite uh, memory with my dad taking me to see wrestling would have to be WrestleMania three coming out of the Nassau Coliseum where we watched it on closed circuit pay-per-view before, you know, you had pay-per-view at the house and we're walking to the car and my dad says, so what did you think of the show? And I said, don't worry, dad, one day that's going to be me. And awesome. my dad got to see me perform at WrestleMania. So that was that was a pretty cool mo- a little memory for me. And you know what's cool, Bully? And I love hearing stories like that because there you are as a child leaving the Nassau Coliseum uh, f- you know, after watching WrestleMania 3 on closed circuit. Um, and, you know, you're talking about that's going to be me one day. And then, you know, years later, you're, you're, you're performing at a WrestleMania. And... You know, you're in the Hall of Fame at the podium accepting the Hall of Fame ring for the WWE and all the other accolades. You're in many Hall of Fames. Like, like I'm sure beyond your wildest dreams, you never thought in that moment when you were speaking to your dad that you would be able to accomplish the things that you've been able to accomplish. No, I always knew I was going to accomplish it. And I'm not, awesome. I, 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 awesome. I, I, never, I never doubted myself. I knew... When I was a child that I wanted to be a pro wrestler, I, I, it was all I wanted to do. I was such a fan of pro wrestling, and I knew I had some other qualities and talents that would help in the pro wrestling business. Um, the the quote-unquote entertainer in me. I, failure was never an option. I did give myself a window, though. You know, uh, like I tell all uh, young wrestlers, <clears throat> The wrestling business, especially right now, is like a giant funnel. You know what a funnel looks like, Dave, right? The top end is really, really big, and the bottom end is really, really small. And there's plenty of room in this wrestling funnel for everybody to jump in the top end, but the bottom end, only a couple seep through and actually make it. So I tell all you up-and-coming wrestlers, give yourself a window. And this window has to be honest and true. Because if you don't make it in the world of pro wrestling, you need to make it in the quote unquote, the real world, have a real job, you know? So you got to say to yourself, all right, for the next two, three, five, 10 years, I'm going to try to make this my career for the rest of my life and become a millionaire on it. But if it doesn't happen in this time frame, I got to be realistic that I gave it my absolute best shot and then move on to whatever my secondary choice would have been. And hopefully that secondary choice is something that you, uh, a trade that you know, or a a degree that you got Mm -hmm. in college to fall back on. My window was five years and I had come up on the Northeast independence, um, working for a company called International World Class Championship Wrestling, IWCCW. It was a big indie in the Northeast. 
Things were going okay, but I really wasn't doing anything special. And at about the four and a half year mark, I was just about ready to say, all right, I don't think it's going to work out for me. And a couple of acquaintances of mine basically forced me into a car. At that time, at 4.02, it was hard. We needed three of them to push me in that car. Forced me in a car. And I believe it was on September 23rd, 1995. It was either 23rd or the 28th, something like that. And they forced me in a car and they took me to Middletown, New York. To an ECW show. And the rest is history. Wow, it's it's an amazing story, and it's crazy how that one incident could have changed the course of your life. Because if if you didn't get in the car that day, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. If they don't force me in the car, and Dave, I'm serious. When I mean, for, I was like, I don't want to go to this. It's a dog shit company. It's not even real wrestling. It's horrible. I don't want to go. They're like, come on, come on, just come. Bring your pictures. Bring a tape. You know, maybe something will happen. And as we pulled into the parking lot, Taz was getting out of his car, too. And I had known Taz from IWCCW in the Indies. And, you know, we were were just acquaintances. And, you know, hello, how you doing? What's going on, brother? Blah, blah, blah. Go inside. And the first person I saw when I entered the building was Dreamer. And I had known Tommy also from IWCCW and the Northeast Independence. And I said, Tommy, you know, if maybe I could get introduced to the promoter or, you know, if maybe you could put a word in for me, maybe I could, you know, do something tonight. He goes, no problem. Just hang out. And Tommy comes back to me about a half an hour later and he goes, uh, yeah, the promoter's going to give you a look tonight. Just whatever he asks you to do, make sure you do it. 100% to the best of your ability. I was like, all right, do you know what I'm doing? He's like, nope. He goes, you'll find out. And I was like, okay, great. So get my gear on. You know, I see the Steiners playing cards with Taz. I see some old man, or at least what I thought was an old man, Hack Myers walking around. Guy looked like he was 70. He was actually like 25. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sandman's drinking and doing blow. I mean, there's all sorts of shenanigans going on. The locker room was some pipe and drape. You know, it was a it was a very eclectic locker room, to say the least. And got my gear on, and my name's not on the lineup. I have no idea. Now, at, at this time, you know, uh, I, I'm not known as, uh, as um, you know, Bubber. I'm not a Dudley at this time. So my name's not on the lineup. Show starts. I have no idea who I'm working with. I have no idea what I'm doing. First match is over. Second match is over. Third match is over. Intermission. And I'm like, what What the hell's going on? Now I think I'm getting ribbed. I think I'm getting tested. I'm like, uh, Tommy, uh, I don't know. He goes, don't worry. You'll know. Okay. Intermission's over. Next match is in the ring. Next match. Is, I have no. Finally, I, I'm. I'm. I'm terrified now. I'm shitting a brick. I go up to Heyman, and I'm like, uh, "Excuse me, sir. You know, you know. I don't know if you remembered. I was here. Blah, you know, I'm trying to be so politically correct." And he goes, 
Don't worry, kid. When the time is right, you'll know what to do. Time is right. The freaking show's almost over. <laughs> it's amazing. The main event was the public enemy versus, I think, the gangsters. And Bill Alfonso was the bodyguard, and nine one one was his was his nine one one was his bodyguard. And the whole idea was nobody could get to Bill Alfonso. The main event is going to the ring, <laughs> and Paul Heyman pulls me on the side. He says, "Okay, kid, you're Bill Alfonso's bodyguard. You're going to make sure that nine one one does not get to Bill Alfonso. But when the time is right." 911's going to choke slam you. Go get him. I w- I mean, dude, you want to talk about that. And this is old school wrestling 101. We're going to put the gun to your head and see what happens. We're going to throw you in the deep end and see whether you sink or swim. Went out there, got introduced by Bill Alfonso, make sure 911 doesn't get to him. Time was right. Took a monster choke slam from 911. Came back through the curtain. Paul Heyman looks at me and he goes, Great job, kid. How do you feel about shaving your head? My two biggest fears in wrestling was ever having to shave my head because I had one of them big mullets. Ever having to shave my head and ever getting the nickname Bubba. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of worked out for you, Bully. Kind of just worked out for you. Two weeks later, I uh, went to the ECW arena, and I was a Dudley, and the rest is history, and thank you for listening to my story. I actually like telling that story. Thank you for sharing that story. That was absolutely amazing. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.